we're going quickly to the word of the Lord this morning. I'm going to preach a little bit about baptism. At the end of this, I'll call for those that are going to be baptized. Whether you signed up or not, it doesn't make any difference. This is not hype. This is not about just having a big Sunday of hype. This is about salvation. This is about getting ready to go to heaven. Amen. This is what it's all about. Somebody here shout amen. It's not just we love baptism Sunday. And people sometimes feel more comfortable getting baptized when others do. And that's fine. But uh, we want to baptize some folks in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you about God. I, I, and, and I'm going to pretty much say a lot of things that I have said many times in the past. But here's the thing about God that I want you to know on this Sunday morning. He is a very particular God. He does not work haphazardly. His, his, if you want to know about God and how organized he is and how he wants everything done and how meticulous he is, you, you just take a look at the creation. The sun is positioned just right. If it were too close, we'd burn up. If it was too far, we'd, we'd all freeze to death. He put all the planets in orbit, and he put every star in place, and the Bible said he called them by name. Amen. He is a very organized God. If you go back to the Old Testament and you find out how particular God is, I mean, the Old Testament was pretty rough. Most of us wouldn't have made it through the Old Testament because we'd already been dead. Because some things that if you did in the Old Testament, they just took you outside the city and stoned you. And that's, that's the way God dealt with. But, but thank God for grace who is... Who, the God of grace that's here today, and thank God that we're able to live for God. If you look at the tabernacle plan, and I won't go into that, but if you go study the tabernacle plan, you'll find out that there were pieces of furniture in certain places. There was curtains in certain places. There were, there were places that you could go and you could not go. There were places that were so holy that if, if the, even the high priest, if he went in and there was sin in his life, he had a rope tied around his ankle and his, uh, his, there were pomegranates and bales on the, the hem of his garment. And if he, if he sinned or had sin in his life, he would die in the presence of God. And God, God commanded them to, to tie that rope so they, they literally would pull the high priest out if there was sin in his life. And he could only go in once a year and roll the people's sins on for another year. God had particular plans. The Passover, if you look at the Passover, and I'm going to go through this quickly today. We talk about the, the Passover in Egypt when, when the children of Israel were being delivered from Egyptian bondage. We find out that, that the Lord had a plan. You know, you go read Exodus, the first few chapters, all the way through chapter 12, and here's what you'll find out. The Lord started sending plagues, and he started preparing everything, and when he got to the right time, he told Moses, he said, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to deliver the children of Israel. This will be the last plague. But he said, your people, the, the Israelites, need to do something, and here's what they need to do. They need to go get a lamb without spot or blemish. They need to bring that lamb to their home. And they need to tie that lamb outside their home for four days. And when four days is up, they need to slay that lamb. 
They need to eat of that lamb. They need to take the blood of that lamb and apply it to the doorpost and above the door. Not on the threshold, just apply it to the doorpost and above the door. Because he said, I'm sending the death angel through Egypt. And when I send the death angel through, he's looking for blood. He's looking for that blood on the doorpost. And when he sees it, he will pass over that house. There was great death that came to the land of Egypt and to all those Egyptians, but it, it did not come to the people whom God had given strict instructions exactly how to prepare for the death angel. That's the particular God. You know, when God spoke and told Naaman to go down to the old muddy Jordan and dip seven times, I, I promise you there were prettier rivers that he could have went to, and there were easier things he could have done, but that particular God said, no, I want it done this way. There's a reason I want it done this way. When Noah started to build the boat and God had instructed him, God didn't just tell him, Noah, go build a boat. He said, I want it so many cubics long, so many cubics wide. I want the floors to be just, I want the door to be one door and I want there to be one window. And I, I want to be, this is the specifications. You build it out of gopher wood and you pitch it within and without. Remember that story? God didn't just say, hey, Noah, make you some plans and go build your boat. God always, somebody say always. He always gives a plan and he always does things in order. I, I, I could preach a lot of things today about how particular God is and tell you that that all through the Old Testament and the New Testament, he never, God never does things haphazardly. And guess what? He hasn't started today. He still does things right. Can you say amen? So when he put together a plan for a man to be saved, he didn't do it haphazardly. He done it with, with the plan in mind. He he talked about it in the book many times. I, I'll not have time to read all the scriptures today. But here's what Ephesians 4, 4 through 6 said. And Paul was talking to the church at Ephesus. He said, there is one body and one spirit. Even as you are called in one hope of your calling, there is one Lord, there's one faith, he said, and there's one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. This was God's plan. Matter of fact, he told Paul in, in Galatians, or Paul said it in Galatians uh, chapter 1. He was talking to that church and he said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel which is not another, there's not another gospel, he said, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, Paul said, are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. I'm here to tell you God set the church in order and he means for his plan to be carried out with every man, woman, 
boy and girl. You want to know how he did it? Let me tell you how he did it. His disciples were around him one day in Matthew chapter 16. And he said to them, whom do men say that I am? And one said, well, I heard you were Jeremiah the prophet. And another one said, well, I heard you were Isaiah the prophet. But the Lord said, no, I want to know who you say that I am. Whom do you say that I am? I want to know if you know who I am. Go check me out. It's in the book. And there was one man that spoke up, and his name was Simon, and he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And you know what he said? Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, Simon Barjona. But my Father, which is in heaven, he revealed that to you. So he said, Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give, he said, I say unto thee, Thou art Peter. And upon this rock, because you know who I am, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, Simon, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, Brothers and sisters, because Simon Peter realized who Jesus really was, that he was the almighty God. It came as a divine revelation. And even the Lord said, men didn't tell you this. You got that from heaven, Simon. The Lord took the keys to the kingdom and he handed the keys to the kingdom to Simon Peter. And he said, whatever you say, whatever you bind, I'm binding. And whatever you loose, I'm loosing. I'm in the book today. If you disagree with me today, you're going to be out of the book. Stay with me. Stay with me. He said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Simon Peter had them. Simon Peter walked with Jesus the rest of the days. We know he failed. We know he betrayed God. We know he denied God. We know that he had a moment in his life at the time of Jesus' crucifixion that he had to go find a place and repent. But when Pentecost came, I take you to Acts chapter 2 because the Bible said when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place with one accord and there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Ladies and gentlemen, what happened on that day is people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the very first time. But, because there was confusion and people in the, in the streets and around the, the upper room and they were hearing these people speak in a heavenly language and they, the Bible said many of them heard men speak in their own language and, and it began to name them. But the Bible said Peter standing up with the 11. Remember this with me today. This is the same Simon Peter that God gave the keys to in Matthew chapter 16. He began in Acts chapter 2 and he preached unto them Christ and him crucified. You with me? He preached Christ and him crucified. And when he got through, if you'll just throw it on the screen, when he was through with his little short sermon, how that they had killed him and the Jews had, had, had let him 
go to a cross and they had denied that he was the Messiah. Here's what they said. But in verse 37, the Bible said when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. Everybody shout it with me. They were convicted. So they said to Simon Peter, men and brethren, what shall we do? I'm here to preach truth to you today. Because, oh, Simon, I don't know, I don't know what his thoughts were before that, but somewhere, Brother Hodge, he reached down and he got the keys out. The keys that the Lord had given him because he realized who Jesus was. The keys in Matthew 16 where the Lord said, Simon, I'm handing you the key. Isn't it ironic that Simon preached, Simon preached to the Jews in Acts chapter 2, but he preached to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10, and he had the keys to the kingdom of heaven when he preached to the Jews and the Gentiles. Amen? I'm just here to tell you on this Sunday morning that when he pulled that key out, it wasn't by accident because this is what Simon Peter said. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the key that Simon pulled out. I am not here to preach to you another gospel today. I'm here to tell you that because Jesus was born in Bethlehem and he was God manifest in the flesh, he lived 33 and a half years upon this earth. And when he left, he sent his Holy Spirit. It is not another God in us, but Paul said it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. The Bible teaches us that that same spirit that came at Pentecost is for everybody on this Sunday morning. But before you get there, let me tell you what must be done. There must be in every life a place of repentance. What we do in this water today is wonderful. I'm gonna explain it in just a few minutes, but we don't need to go in here until we go to the altar of repentance. Come on now. You know, there's a scripture that said that you shouldn't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Now, we say that's cursing, and it probably is. But there's another way you could take that name in vain. If you had repented of your sins, then you don't need to take the name of Jesus in baptism. But I've come to preach on a Sunday morning that when you repent of your sins, God immediately forgives you. He's the nation and the world's fastest forgiver. When you say, I'm sorry, the Lord says, okay. When you say, I want to turn my life around, he's ready to do that. But I've come to preach to you on this day. When you have done that, then you got to bury the old man so the new man can get up. Say this with me, death, burial, resurrection. Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. The gospel is predicated upon the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why do you think he did that? He died for the sins of all men. He took my sins and hung them on the cross. He made it easy for me. 
In the Old Testament, I'd have to go to a priest and he'd have to take a blood sacrifice. And then I didn't get forgiveness. I just got my sins pushed on toward Calvary. That's another sermon within itself. But now we have access to him. And because he went to the war, went to the death and the burial and the resurrection, when we die, we die in repentance. The old man dies when you repent. You say, Lord, here's what you do when you repent. Watch me. Get your eyes on me right now. You're walking this way and you're saying, Lord, I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of being a sinner. I'm tired of doing what I've been doing. I don't want to live wrong anymore. I want everything to be right in my life. So, Lord, here's what I'm doing on a Sunday morning. I'm doing it about face. Repentance isn't about face. I was headed to hell. I'm about to go to heaven. Hallelujah. I was headed down the road of destruction. And now I'm going to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Does anybody believe that's what repentance is today? It's godly sorrow. It's saying I'm sorry and meaning it. It's turning around from the way you were going and headed for another direction. Everybody say, that's death. Sometimes it's painful. We die in repentance. Guess what the next step is? We are buried with Christ. And the only way I know to be buried with Christ is what the Bible said. In Romans chapter 6, the Bible said, we are buried with him in baptism. You know what we're going to do today? We're going to bury a bunch of a bunch of folks. We're going to bury your old man. And when you come up out of here, the Bible said you arise to walk in the newness of life. It's a brand new man. We're going to drown the, all the sins and all the filth of your life and all the evil deeds that you've committed we're going to put them in this water it's nothing magic about this you hear I love this being up here I may keep it up here I want to tell you there's nothing magic about this water let me tell you where it's at when you go down in the name that is above every name in the name of Jesus Christ the blood of Jesus is applied to your life the blood of Jesus is applied to your life and you come up a brand new creature in Christ Jesus and now you're ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost as they did in the book of Acts. Does anybody believe me today? I gotta hurry. Let me talk to you for just a moment about baptism. Baptism is for the remission of sins. That's in the scripture. It's for remitting taking away, washing. Baptism is the washing away, the Bible said, of our sins. If you want to read that, you can go to Acts 22, 16, because the Bible said, be baptized and wash away thy sins. Not the water. Everybody say the blood. This is where you get the blood of Jesus applied to your life, in baptism. So the baptism is a washing. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 6, ye are washed, ye are washed, you are sanctified. So we are washed in water. Baptism is a birth and baptism is a burial. You go down because you're dead. You rise because you're now alive. You bury the old man. You come up the new man. I got a lot of scripture I can pour on you today, but I don't have time. Baptism is a purging and a cleansing 
of your conscience. Let me tell you what I've done many, many times in my, in my 51 years of preaching. That makes me sound older, and I'm only 35. Here's what I've done. I've baptized a lot of people over. I've baptized people that got baptized when they were 8, 7, 10 people that got baptized early in their life. You know why we did that? Not because they have to be baptized again, because baptism is a one-time thing according to the scriptures. But let me tell you, we want your conscience to be void of offense. We want you to be baptized and feel like your sins have been washed away. I I remember one time many years ago, she was probably in her mid-80s. She came to me. I pastored her. She said, Pastor, I don't want to tell anybody, but for a long time, I've just had to feel this need that I will to be baptized again. She'd been living for God all of her life. And, and I said, hey, Sister B, come on. And I took her to the church and I baptized her in the name of Jesus Christ. She left this world with a clean conscience void of offense. So if you got a conscience today that said, I need to be baptized, guess what? We got water, we got clothes, we're ready to do it again. We just want you to have a good feeling about what God is doing in your life and have a conscience that's void of offense. I've already said it, baptism is a burial. Baptism is putting on or taking upon the name of Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter three said this in verse 27, as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on the Lord Jesus. Amen. So this is what baptism does. Now, I read a writer this week that said there are over 400 baptisms in the world. Over 400. Think about that. And I've, I've preached, I've taught the last three Wednesday nights on, on the mighty God, the mighty God in Christ, the works of the Father. We've talked about all this. But, but, but let's, can I reason with you for just a moment today? We, we're going to get through in time. Don't worry. Whatever in time is. But I got a reason with you for just a little bit today. The only, now there's, there's, first of all, baptism comes from the word baptizio, which means to put under or to immerse, okay? So we believe in immersion. We believe that you go under the water. If you're going, look, if you're going out here and bury somebody, you don't leave a hand sticking up out of the grave, huh? You don't leave a foot sticking up out of the grave, do you? You're going to bury somebody, you put them under, how would you like to walk through the cemetery and every once in a while there be a hand sticking up out of the grave? Huh? You don't do that. When you bury somebody, you put them under. Everybody say amen. Smile a while and give your face a rest. It's okay. Don't get nervous. What I'm talking to you about is truth today. And it's going to be very easy for you to understand. But listen, when we go down in water, we bury people. Jesus told his disciples how to bury people, how to baptize them. He said in Matthew 28 and 19, we call it the Grace Commission. Put it up on the screen, if you will. The Bible said that Jesus spoke to his disciples. He spoke to them and he said go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost I believe that scripture don't you what's wrong with y'all you don't believe the Bible I believe that scripture 
And so what we have to do today is get people baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And the name of the Father is found in John 5, 43 because Jesus said, I come in my Father's name. Hebrews 1 and 4 said, I got my name by inheritance. You want to know what the Son's name is? You'll find it in Matthew 1, 21 where the angel came to Mary and said, you're going to have a son and his name is going to be called Jesus. You want to know who the Holy Ghost is? Go to John 14, 26 because Jesus said, I will send the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost in my name. So the name is not Father or Son or Holy Ghost. The name of the New Testament baptism is Jesus. Hallelujah. It's the name that is above every name. It is a name that is higher than any other. Philippians 2, 9 said, for God hath highly exalted him, hath given him a name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Does anybody believe the scriptures here today? Hallelujah. 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 So we try to be accurate in what we do and always and ever when the disciples, everybody say they heard Jesus. Say it with me. Peter heard Jesus. But Peter understood what he was saying because the one true God of this universe, he is God the Father. He is the Father in creation. He is the Son in redemption. He is the Holy Ghost in regeneration. He is not separate. He is not apart. There are not three. There are not one third. He is one God with many manifestations. And let me tell you, when he says, I am the Father, he is the Father. We don't deny the Father or the Son or the Holy Ghost, but we believe that the saving name, of course, I want you to put it on the screen, Acts chapter four and verse 12. The Bible said, there is no other name given among men, under heaven among men, whereby we must be saved than the name of Jesus. So what we're going to do today is we're going to take a name that is above every name and we're going to put you down and we're going to invoke the name. That means call on the name. We're going to put you under calling on the name that is above every other name. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to be smart at it, but listen to me right now. This baptism is biblical. This baptism is in the scriptures. This baptism is not, it's not haphazard. This is what Jesus said for us to do. Simon Peter heard him. Somebody said, well, I'd rather take the words of Jesus than had the word Simon Peter. Whoa, 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 whoa. If you're going to do that, the Bible said all scripture is given by inspiration. It wouldn't be in the Bible if it wasn't true. Either the Bible's right or it's not right, amen? All scripture is given by inspiration. So what, we're, what we believe is that when we go down this water and we call the name of Jesus over you, that El Shaddai and Elohim, huh? And Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Sharon and Yahweh and every Old Testament name you could ever say is wrapped up in J-E-S-U-S because that's a name that is above all other names. 
my wife and I lay in the bed last night before we went to sleep and she pulled up something and I pulled up something. We were reading the history uh, uh, and, and, and looking at the name of Jesus and, and all the things and the, the people that were saying things in the world. Let me just tell you something. Look at me right now. Even Google is on my side. That's a good feeling when you got Google on your side. So there is no controversy. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. And we talk about it, and here's what you got to understand. And I, I, I don't have time to redo what I've preached for the last week, three Wednesday nights, but I did every bit of that to lead you into this thing that we call baptism today. Because here's, here's the era. If we don't do exactly what Jesus said do, then we have erred in our way. We have to do it the Bible way. You say, how important is that, preacher? Well, let me just show you. Would you just put up, this is not what I planned, but would you just put up Acts chapter 19, verse 1, and we'll read it together, okay? Acts chapter 19, it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and find certain disciples. Here's what he said. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we not so much as heard where there be any Holy Ghost. What are you talking about? That's what they said. What are you talking about? And he said unto them, Under what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. How many of you know that Jesus Christ said there's none greater than John the Baptist? Did he say that? Jesus Christ said there's none greater than John the Baptist. Because John was always saying he must increase and I must decrease. He was a very humble man, but he was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. So, so Jesus, or, or Paul said unto them, well, here's what John did. John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. So he said, I'm glad you were baptized by John, but John baptized this. And when he put him down, he said, I, I baptize you unto repentance. Because there's one. John is the one that said, that, that there's one coming after me who's mightier than I, whose shoelaces I'm not worthy to unlatch. Y'all looking at me. Some of you are like a mule looking at a new gate. I'm telling the truth. It's in the Bible. So Paul said, well, here's what John said. John baptized you this way. And when they heard this, everybody say when they heard this. I hope somebody's hearing this preacher this morning. I'm not the apostle Paul, don't claim to be, but I want to quote him. The Bible said when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Paul rebaptized some folks because he wanted to be sure they were baptized right. Why wouldn't John's baptism work if it makes no difference? I'll tell you why. Because I read the scripture in the very beginning. There's one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. There is one God, Father of all, above all, through all and in you all. There's one place for God to save you and that is by repentance and the baptism of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I hope my friend in Baton Rouge is watching today. I had a little discussion with him on the internet yesterday and nothing, I mean not an argument, just a discussion, but I invited him to tune in today and he said he's going to church, but you will watch it, sir. You have my number. I gave it to you. Please call me because there is no other name than the name of Jesus. The name that is above every name is the name of Jesus. We pray in that name. How many of you pray over your food? Hold your hand up. Don't. This is not a trick. How many of you pray over your food? 
Now watch this. How many of you at the end of your prayer, you say in Jesus' name? Uh-huh. I got you. Why you do that? Somebody tell me why you do that. Because that's the most powerful name in heaven and earth. That when you invoke the name, that means you're, you're placing blessing on that food in the power that is in that name. Amen? So we pray in Jesus' name. We talk, we sing about Jesus' name. Speak the name, speak the name of Jesus. Oh, we all sing that. There's just something about that name. Beautiful songs. We sing about it. We pray in it. We do a lot of things in Jesus' name. We gather in church in Jesus' name. We worship in Jesus' name. But guess what? Today we're going to do something very special. We're going to baptize in the name that is above all other names, the name of Jesus. You know, and I, I please, please hear me out today. You may not have come to this room today intending to be baptized, and you may not. But you will never leave this building without me telling you that this is biblical baptism. I, I really feel led to do what I'm about to do one more time, one more time. And I don't want anybody to get mad at me or think I'm being a smart aleck, okay? I'm not. I'm not. There's $100. You're welcome to come get it. Take it home with you. I'll leave it right here for a little while because you're not going to come get it. If you can show me one place in the Scriptures where anybody was ever baptized with the administrator saying, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Always and ever. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, Acts 22, 16, always and ever, calling, invoking the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, there is something about that name. There is something about that name. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to rejoice because when people go down, my name I call my name. I can say today, I now baptize you in the name of Danny Chance, and you'd just be getting wet. You just need a towel when you got through. You'd still have your sins. I could say, I baptize you in the name of, I said Mussolini here a few weeks ago, and somebody wanted to know who Mussolini was. I could baptize you today in the name of Muhammad. I could say, I now baptize you in the name of Muhammad for the remission of your sins, and you'd just be the same sinner when you got up out of this water. Because the name that is the saving name of the New Testament church, Peter, why did you say what you did? Because that locked it in. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't want to draw swords with anybody today. That's not what I'm preaching for. Somehow God's got to open our eyes. God's got to open the eyes of the world. I dare you. I, I dare you to go do a study. Don't take my word for it. Go do a study. 
Go do a study. Go look it up for yourselves. Don't, don't believe me. Go believe the history. Go look it up. Go, go study all the words and study all the concepts. And, you know, and there's, there's a concept out there that is so popular that we read about it last night, my wife and I did. And at the end it says, nobody can really understand this and nobody can really explain this. Who wants a God you can't understand? I don't know all about God, but I'm learning about God. But here's what I do know. He said in the Old Testament that the gospel is so simple that a wayfaring man will not err therein. It's so simple that you can, you can, a man that's uneducated can understand this. A man that don't have any school can understand this. That he died for my sins. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. What's hard about that? And so what all he is saying, I died for you, so you just repent. I'll take your sins away. You go down in water, and I'll wash you clean. For we are saved by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. I don't know. It may be. I may have lost some of you way while ago. But I'm just preaching my heart today. Count it up. Count it up against me if you want to. I'll go to my grave believing and preaching what I'm preaching today because I've studied it from, from top to bottom, from stem to stern. I've, I've sat for hours and hours and hours and hours, and I've prayed over and over and over all of my life. God, I want to be sure I'm preaching truth because the way I look at it, the souls of men are in our hands today. So I'm telling you what, if Simon Peter was here today, and Gage, you jumped up and said, what do we need to do? Here's what he'd tell you. Repent. Be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Stand with me all over this house. Mm. So, the first thing I want to do today, we're not going. We're going to do things biblical. We're going to do things right. So, the first thing I want to do today is I want to, I want to have a time. Give me a little music there, brother Tobe. I want to have a little time for us to say a prayer of repentance. And then when I do that, I'm going to ask those that want to get baptized to go get ready. won't take you long. Everything's prepared. This bunch has got their act together today. It's 1123. We'll have you out here in just a few short minutes. Don't anybody leave. We put it in the middle so y'all could come from every direction this time. We, we, we was over in the corner last time, and it's kind of hard for everybody to see. But this time... We're going to let everybody come. Would you do this with me? This is how simple it is. I'm going to do it, and I want you to do it today. And I want you to do it with a sincere heart. Would you just say a prayer of repentance with me this morning? Would you do that? Father, would you forgive us of our sins today? Lord, we're just human. We're so frail and we're so weak. God, we don't. We don't know how to do anything without you. I just humbly come before you today and ask you to wash me with your blood. 
Forgive me of all my wrongdoing, Lord. Cleanse my heart today. Forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me of all my sins today. I pray, Lord, that you would put them under the blood of Calvary this morning. Every word that has been said wrong, every deed that has been done wrong, every sin I have ever committed, I give it all to you on this Sunday morning. I pray, Lord, that you would forgive. In the name of Jesus this morning, I pray that you would forgive me. I pray it today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.